You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed when they... Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 83. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. At that time, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Verse 18 from today's reading is no doubt familiar to many Orthodox and and Roman Catholics in particular. And let's just say there's been a fair amount of discussion on this verse and its meaning and implications for the church over the centuries uh, leading up to and and after the Great Schism. But my intention is not to debate this topic today, but I would ask you, Father, to speak to this verse from Matthew 16, 18 that says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Yeah, a couple of episodes ago, Jason, when we spoke of ecumenism, I mentioned it would be unwise for us to assume that Christ was talking about imperial churches in the Gospels. And that is again the case here, where we see this verse about Peter being the rock and how it's been used among imperial churches to fight against one another. And I don't want to give time to that on this podcast, but what I do want to focus on are the names that Christ uses here in this passage with Peter and how that should uh, help us to uh, be better informed and to understand other aspects of the gospel as well. Okay, yes, that would be interesting to hear, Father, uh, because at first Jesus refers to him as Simon Bar-Jonah, but then after that he refers to him by the name that we usually call him, Peter. So perhaps you could explain what's going on here, and if you're okay with it, we could start with the first name, uh, Simon Barjona. Yeah, the meaning of names, as you know I've stressed many times, is important to understanding Scripture, and virtually every name in Scripture is also functional, and that is no exception here with Simon uh, slash Peter. And perhaps before you get into Simon and Peter, you could uh, explain what you mean by the names being functional. Yeah, sure. What I mean by that is that the names generally relate to a theme in the story. They connect to the story in some meaningful way, and that's certainly the case here in today's reading. Okay, that makes sense. So getting back to the names, what's going on with Simon Barjona? Well, generally it's considered that Simon was Peter's given name, meaning the name his parents gave him at birth. And I'm not disputing that at all, but I would argue that it also corresponds to the word simony. The two words, as you can obviously hear, are related. And this word applies to Peter and his role in the Gospels. How so, Father? Um, The only thing I know with that word simony is, um, I think it's 
um, attempting to buy or sell uh, sacraments of the church or, or privileges. Yeah, yeah, so that's the definition, and, and we can see that Peter's problem throughout the entire New Testament, even culminating in his dispute with Paul before they reconciled, we see that Peter's problem is the idea that you can buy, so to speak, through your good deeds, you can buy salvation or righteousness, and we see constantly that Peter struggles with accepting salvation by grace, and we all struggle with that, I believe, if we truly examine ourselves. I've talked about that many times in, in sermons. And he, Peter, is, is struggling specifically with accepting the Gentiles then as equals, as full members of the covenant community. And that is at the heart of Peter and Paul's dispute that we hear about, uh, for example, in the book of Galatians. It's interesting. Thanks for that perspective. And now, how about the, the Bar-Jonah part? I have no idea what that means. I mean, of course, I'm familiar with the name Jonah, but not the bar part of the name. Yeah, right. I imagine that's the case for many of our listeners. Uh, the name bar and, and then a dash or another name after that so that it's like a compound word is something we see a few times in the Bible. And that's because the word bar is used as Hebrew for son of. So some translations, they even actually use the phrase Simon, son of Jonah, instead of the term Bar-Jonah. But just to give another example that comes to mind, we also see this Bar term used with Barabbas, uh, whom the Jews asked to be released, of course, instead of Jesus. And that name, Barabbas, means son of the father. Bar, again, is son of, and then Abba is father. And that name has a deep meaning in that story as well. You know, I want to get sidetracked on it, but perhaps we can discuss in another episode. But suffice it to say that you can see where I'm going, that the Jews ask to be released the one who is literally named son of the father instead of the one and only true son of the father who appears you know, as the son of man, which is, of course, Jesus. Mm, that's very interesting. So getting back to today's story, and specifically to Simon's name, Bar-Jonah, why is it that that's significant? Why is it mentioned? Why do they mention his father? Was it because there were a lot of Simons, <laughs> because it was a common name, and, and so this helped to distinguish him from others with the same name, Simon? Yeah, I mean, I've heard people say that, but I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, if you think about it, Jesus had 12 primary disciples, so I think everyone in that community knew Simon as one of the main apostles, so I don't think the Gospels need to distinguish him in that way. So then, in your mind, what is the purpose? It goes back to what I said earlier about Peter's struggle to fully accept the Gentiles. The term Bar-Jonah or son of Jonah is not meant to talk about Peter's biological father, his dad. It's meant to talk about the type of person he was. And again, he was the type, like Jonah, who struggled with God's message to the Gentiles. So remember the story of Jonah. He was given the task of bringing God's message to his enemies, to the Ninevites, and he wasn't going to do it. So God took it into his own hands and said, yes, you are, Jonah. And he swallows him in the great fish, and he spits him out on the land so that the people can hear God's message. And so this reference to Simon as the son of Jonah is referring back to that biblical story and how Simon Peter is like Jonah. He hesitates, he vacillates in bringing God's message to his enemy, to the Romans, to the Gentiles. And remember, we always need to keep this in the back of our mind. The Romans are occupying the city of Jerusalem, you know, a very contentious time. And so Jesus is telling Peter, as well as the other disciples, that they have to take his message, Jesus' message, to the nations, including the Romans who are occupying them. 
And we can understand then how this is difficult for Peter and for others. But that's God's word. You can accept it or you can reject it, but you're not allowed to change it. And so again, Simon Peter will behave like Jonah. He will be hesitant, but ultimately God still sends him out to do his work of spreading the message to the enemy. I really appreciate uh, your explanation there, Father. It seems to make a lot of sense to what is going on in this story. And I've heard before, like I alluded to earlier, that Simon was a common name. It's even common in the New Testament. So there's speculation that this name, son of Jonah, distinguished Simon Peter from the other Simons that are mentioned. But what you just explained makes, I think, more sense and certainly fits with the overall story of, of Simon Peter's. Yeah, and, and since, since you brought this up, the n- a number of people in the New Testament named Simon, uh, I would note there is a theory that all of these figures, certainly a majority of them, refer to or insert Simon Peter into the narrative. And you, and you can see how this makes some sense, like I said about Simon and Simony, and then how that relates to Simon the magician, or you can see how it relates to the story of for example, Simon of Cyrene. So Simon of Cyrene, how, how would that uh, relate? Um, he was the one who carried Christ's cross, correct? Yeah, and remember that in all four Gospels, Simon Peter denies Christ, right? Right. And in John's Gospel, the final Gospel in the order of the canon, you have the threefold restoration that brings Simon Peter back into the fold. You know the story where Jesus asks him three times, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And then Jesus tells him to feed his sheep. Yes. Uh, yeah, I remember the story well. We we read it at Matins every 11th week <laughs> that's true as part of the, the uh, Aothanon readings. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, but note how none of the other Gospels have this explicit reconciliation of Peter even after his denial, correct? Well, to be honest, I never really thought of that before, but but you're right. Of course, Simon Peter is never explicitly reconciled in those Gospels as he is in John's Gospel. Yeah, so a theory is that Simon of Cyrene is one and the same as Simon Peter, and that Simon's reconciliation is not as explicit in those Gospels as in St. John's Gospel, but his reconciliation is that he eventually denies himself, Simon denies himself, as Jesus taught him to do, and he takes up his cross and follows Christ. And so the story of Simon of Cyrene can be seen as a reconciliation of Simon Peter, could be seen as Peter taking up the cross after first denying Christ. That's really fascinating, Father. And I I like what you say, but what does that have to do with Cyrene? What's the purpose of him being called Simon of Cyrene? Now, uh, granted, this is later in chronological time than the Gospels would have originally been written, but Cyrene, shortly after the Gospels were written, was a main area of a Jewish revolt. And we know about that, of course, now in history. But in history, we don't always know everything that happened, obviously. So before this major event, it's likely there had been other uprisings or activities brewing there prior to the writing of the Gospels, and this was a hotbed of Jewish resistance to the Roman occupation. And so again, saying that someone is of a certain place is like saying they are of uh, a certain person or type of person. It's not necessarily meant to be literal. It's actually stating something as to the characteristic of the person. And you know, it's, it's not like this is dogma or central to our faith, but personally I find this interpretation of the connection between Simon Peter, Simon of Cyrene, to be convincing in the sense that, like I said, it would seem to be reconciling Simon by having him carry the cross 
as Jesus had commanded him to do earlier during his teaching before Peter ultimately then betrayed him, and of course then Jesus calling us to do the same, to carry his cross, even after we may deny him at times. Okay, final thing then, Father, uh, we get to the name Peter. What does that mean, and why is it being used? So the name Peter, as well as the name Cephas, which is Aramaic, used elsewhere in the Gospels, but both of these names mean rock. And we see that after Simon confesses Christ to be the Son of the living God, in other words, to be the Messiah, that Christ then refers to him as Peter. And as the name Simon and Barjona symbolize something much deeper than just the given name, the name Peter symbolizes that we become a rock when we put our trust in Christ, meaning that as long as we trust in him, we will stand strong against the waves of this life that can otherwise rock the boat. And notice throughout the New Testament, actually, that the use of Simon or the use of Peter almost always, if not always, uh, is related to how Peter is being portrayed at that point in the narrative, whether he's struggling to accept the full message of Christ, which is more likely than to refer to Simon, or whether he is acting in faith, in which case the term Peter is more often used. Just uh, one more final question for me, Father, as this prompted me to ask. Some might argue that many of the things that you said today are either speculative or unimportant. Why do you stress the importance of understanding these names, especially as it relates to the narrative of the scriptural stories? Yeah, it's an important question, I think. And to me, it's of the essence to understand this play on names because it helps you to understand what's going on in the stories, in the broader, more general narrative. And that narrative is the narrative by which we should live our lives as Christians. And I think the case of Simon Peter, it's particularly important because it represents most of us. Sometimes we do act like Simon, where we struggle to do what Christ has commanded. Other times we're like Peter, we're rock solid in our faith, and we tend to go back and forth throughout our lives like that. But ultimately, we have to come around like Peter came around. And in the end, if we wish to be authentically called Christians, we have to be willing to take up the cross and follow Christ. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, we discuss the names that Christ uses for Peter and how an understanding of the meaning of these names helps us to understand more deeply these stories from Scripture. More importantly, this understanding of the names help teach us how this narrative plays into the way we should live our lives. Father Aaron pointed out that the meaning of these names are not necessarily meant to be literal, but rather they are stating something about the characteristic of the person. And these names are also functional, and they relate to a theme of the story by connecting to it in a meaningful way. With Simon, we can see a connection to the word simony, which is an attempt to buy or sell church sacraments or privileges. Peter's problem throughout the New Testament is that he believes that you can buy, through your good deeds, salvation or righteousness. And so we see that Peter struggles with accepting salvation by grace. We then discussed Barjona, which Father explained means son of Jonah, which is a direct reference to the prophet. And just like the prophet Jonah, Peter was a type of Jonah and struggled with bringing God's message to his enemies. Finally, we examine the name Peter, which means rock. And we see that after Simon confesses Christ as the Messiah, Christ then refers to him as Peter. This symbolizes that those who put their trust in Christ Thank become as a rock when the difficulties we of hope life you tune in next week for us. a new episode. Glory to thee, O God.